What is up? This is the Ramsey Show broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio here in Franklin, Tennessee. It's a show where America hangs out to have a conversation about your money, your life, your work, your relationships, your mental health, anything that's going on in your life, we're here to talk to you about it. The call is toll-free, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by best-selling author and good friend Ken Coleman, and we're talking about relationships, life, work, whatever's going on in your life, give us a buzz, 888-825-5225. Hey, Ken. Uh, heard yes, you just sir. finished, walked out on your show. Uh, that sounded bad. You didn't walk out on your show. You just finished uh, just recording your show. Just wrapped up, yeah. And walked in. Um, yeah, wrapped up is much better. That, that's what we were talking about today. I know you like that. I, I, yeah, I wanted to, I heard you announce this, and I wanted, I was like, man, tell me about this. Why working hard won't help you be successful. It was a little bit of a uh, play on words here, but we wanted to, to kind of focus on this obsessive hustle culture that you and I see on social media. And there's a lot of influencers on social media that have a lot more followers than you and I, let me be very fair, who preach hustle, 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 I'll sleep when I die, work hard, work hard, work hard, work hard. And first of all, you and I both are fans of hard work. But what I was saying today, we kind of let off with hard work in and of itself, just I'm going to work hard, is no guarantee for success. No. At all. Right. And what it could do is actually burn you out faster, harder, and leave you in a place where you are completely confused and frustrated. And so you and I, I mean, you know, famed psychologist, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Oh, yeah, yeah. I practiced that name many, many times <laughs> to be able to say it. I believe he's Hungarian. I believe he's Hungarian, but he is well known, as you know, uh, as flow. the father of flow. Right. And flow was a term that he used to describe. What I teach on the Ken Coleman Show, I call it being in the sweet spot, but he actually coined the term flow because of the distinct characteristics that he found in 30 plus years of research, Mm -hmm. what it feels like, looks like to experience flow in your work. And he compared it to a true form of ecstasy, a mental ecstasy. Um, and so we talked about that today, which is, and so about what I said was is that working hard is actually not the focus. Mm. The focus ought to be to work smart. Mm-hmm. And we've heard the phrase, work smart, not hard. And I actually do believe that. Yeah. But what I said was, and I, I want to know your thoughts on this, that when we work smart, in other words, get in our unique sweet spot, as I teach, using talent, what you do best to perform passion, work you love, to then produce results that you care deeply about. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I'm working smart, and as a result, the effort comes along with it. Well, and the effort's towards a thing. It's yeah. not just effort for You don't have to worry sake. about working hard when you're doing this thing that you care deeply about. It's the point. It just happens. In fact, it you just have to have happens. people pull you out of that work That's so you can right. do your other things like yeah. have a family. And That's like that. right. And yeah. so uh, we went through, and, and I'll, I'll give this to you because you can look That's at fun, it. That's fun, man. He said those were the eight characteristics, and it's really fascinating. Oh, when you it's look extraordinary, at, yeah. Like he actually studied it. Yeah. And those are those characteristics. So we unpacked that on the show today. So I stumbled across... Um, Man, if it, a great resource is the the two guys at um, the Minimal Revolution. Oh um, yeah, uh, they're extraordinary. Uh, is that what it is? That what our, it is? Mi- our minimalist friends? No, not the minimalist. Um, 
James, will you check that out? It's the minimal revolution. <laughs> um, it's not the minimal revolution, and I, I check it every single day. Anyway, these are two um, economists who oh, are yeah, yeah, very yeah. thoughtful okay. thinkers. Gotcha. And with the incoming AIs, AI begins to transform the workspace over the next 10 or 15 years, artificial um, learning, machine learning. They note if your whole idea, whole identity is based on how hard you work, on just hustling and grinding and grinding and grinding, when a machine can go 24-7, 365 with no breaks, you lose. Good luck. Good luck, right? Yeah. So if your whole identity, and, and we all want to be Rudy, like we all see yeah, ourselves as underdog, sure. we want to be Rudy. Sure. But Rudy was working towards a thing, right? Towards a passion. And his whole identity wasn't, it was in, I'm going to serve the team, right? Yeah. And I'll keep showing up and keep showing up. Here's what I want you to comment on, because you deal with this. I mean, this is square in your lane is your your is the mental and emotional relationship health. John, I see people working towards status. Yeah, oh gosh. And so like we show up at picnics or soccer games or whatever and when our feels like all of our conversations and I'm chief mm-hmm. on this, chief yeah. center on this if I'm not careful. It's we start talking, how you doing? And it's like, oh, I'm so busy. And then all of a sudden it's a competition for how busy we are. Yep. And I, I just feel like the busy culture is killing our souls. What are your thoughts it's, on it's, that? It's a strange world we found ourselves in where we're not judged on our, uh, when we're not judged on our output, on what we're actually put into the world, we're judged on, well, did you work hard? How was your effort? And that has turned into, yeah. well, I'm putting more effort than you are. Yeah. I am effort king. Oh, yeah. I'm effort king. I've been there too, man. How's work? Man, it's just busy. Life's busy. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm really busy too. Right. What a dumb way to interact so with another stupid. person. We've right? made our self worth about how hard we work. Yeah. And, and it comes in from the first doing. in, last out, right? Of course. That was the You're 80s right. and 90s. If you'd be the first one in or the last one to leave. Right. And that turned into the cap, social, like the work capitalist butts and butts and seats. That's right. Right. Yeah. And you lose the person who's making connections, who's actually making yeah. calls, going out and visiting people, doing doing good work, man. And you and I time. share this. We share this. In fact, we, we do this at our Building Wealth events. We kind of take questions from the crowd on this. But, you know, what I'm trying to teach on the Ken Coleman Show as a part of Ramsey, when we talk about, you know, money and life, uh, excuse me, life through the lens of money, relationships and work, mm-hmm. it's that success is the wrong metric. Right. Significance is the metric. And what I mean by this is every human is significant just by being a human. Right. But your work contribution, it's it's about what is significant to you. Mm-hmm. The school teacher is just as successful as the president of the United States. Right. Right. Because in her world, this is what she wants to be doing and she's able to provide and, and, and fill in the blank. It's results, mission, and it's heart, passion-based. Yep. And so if we can get to the point, and what I'm trying to do is just help people see what's your unique contribution mm-hmm. that matters to you because you see how it matters to others. And so that purpose isn't about us. No, no. Hey, hey here's, here's what's important. When, you, when you're defining what's important to you, yeah. it's also important to create a world where that is okay. It's not great it, point. We run and this is the show exists because people say, I want to be a teacher. Yep. I was put on earth to be a teacher but I'm driving a Lexus and sometimes a Lexus car doesn't fit with a teacher's salary. That's right. It's the teachers who say, no, I want to be a teacher. I'm a Corolla person yep. and I'm going to look up in 38 years. I'm going to be one of, I'm going to be a millionaire, right? That's because it. I created a world where my dream could exist. And by the way, to your point, they're the third largest group of That's net worth exactly millionaires, right. according to the Ramsey Solutions study of over 10,000 net worth millionaires. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm really trying to drive this because we're more than ever. We need boundaries, man. And it's what you're helping us with. And you and I combine on that. We the are too. Re- redefining what work is. Yeah. And what, if your identity is, I'll just outwork you. Cool, man. Yeah. A robot's coming wow. for you. Get yourself a good counselor and a good <laughs> doctor because you're right. going to need it. But if you're, yeah, good, a good, a good heart surgeon. <laughs> but if you're philosophy is I'm going to find purpose I'm going to find meaning I'm going to work hard to get there now you're on to something I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. We are back. This is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. And before um, Ken and I were talking about the minimal revolution. I don't know why I said that. It's the marginal revolution with Tyler Cowen and Alex. Um, it's just a it's a news source, a blog source that I go to. Just a couple of great thinkers who have some provocative ideas on things. Don't agree with them on everything, but I do love their informed opinion. Marginal revolution. Well, we all need more margin. I mean, if you just go down the list. <laughs> so you just man. turned me on to him. Folks, he was going nuts on the in the break talking about I mean, you daily digest these Every guys. single day. That's where Good. I get my news. That's where I get my news. I love yep. it. I'm it's in it. It's fantastic. I'm going to do it. All right, let's go to Susan in San Antonio. Hey, Susan, what's up? Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. You got it. What's up? How can we help? So, basically, I've been in the medical field for 30 years, and back when, right before COVID hit, I started out on a venture to open a day hab for intellectually disabled adults. Mm -hmm. And we were going fine, but then COVID hit and everything shut down. And since then, it's pretty much been stagnant because I've put in the 501c3, been waiting on funding, can't get the funding. So, I'm going to just throw it to the wolves and start it up in January. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I just need somebody from an outside source to go, yeah, and walk me through the steps that I'm not crazy to go ahead and go from a full-time job to a part-time job and take this on as a full-time venture. All right. Well, let's just, let's stay in the level of uncertainty that you just presented. What are you uncertain about to where you feel you need to call two other people and get their opinion? So is this a good idea? What are you concerned about that might be a bad idea? The biggest concern I have is that when I started this venture, it was basically from my heart and I was doing it mm-hmm. for free mm-hmm. and hoping that getting it going, doing it 
part-time and for free that eventually we would get funding, we would get clients that would start paying and things would move on. Now I'm looking at going into this and trying to get paying clients immediately. Um, not a, not a ton of them, just a handful of them to get started and hoping that that will bring the universe together to get 501C finally off of some government desk that we can then go after okay. the grant money right. that is sitting there. So are you financially independent or in a position where you can go without income for six months to a year? I can go, for, I got a fully funded emergency fund of, of five months. But that's for emergencies. I'm totally debt free. Yeah. If I keep my part time job, I can financially make it for my expenses that I have currently. So you have a part time job that you think will keep you afloat and not make you dip into the emergency fund, which I want to stipulate emergencies are not, emergency funds are not to be used as a uh, bridge fund to start a venture. So correct. And I, I truly believe I work full time now. I have been very frugal and have made myself right. to the point where okay. what I'm making would be covering my monthly expenses. All right. Well, Susan, with some I, extra. Uh, here's what I, I wanted to ask that question because I wanted to see where your mindset was. But I got to tell you, if I were your son or your brother uh, or your close friend, uh, and I would not be true to to who I am as a professional to give you advice to do this. This is doubling down on what has not been a successful bet so far. And it's not wise. And I think that it could put you in a really tough situation uh, financially, emotionally, mentally. I'll let John comment on what could be the downfall of this. But uh, this, what I get most concerned about is someone turning a dream into a nightmare because they didn't wait long enough they didn't do it the right way and a dream which this is a dream and your heart is so good uh and and this is coming from a wonderful place but doesn't it doesn't remove passion doesn't remove the need to have common sense and to test things and try things and scale and and and, and kind of take your time with it starting small and growing slow and i think you're frustrated and i understand why you're frustrated but i I would just tell you those are all of the reasons, John, why this is a big red flag to say, no, do not move from the full-time job and go all in and push your chips in the middle of the table right now. I don't think it's wise. Yeah, Susan, belief doesn't override math. Mm -hmm. And when you say, I believe this will work out, that scares me to death. I, I want you to know, and I want you to have some spreadsheets and some here's what this is going to cost and here's my marketing expenses and here's what my um here's what my tax bill will be and here's how many paying customers i need to get through month one and month two you're going to find yourself with zero emergency fund left you're going to be even more down than you are right now and the bigger problem is is you're going to be wondering why the universe didn't show up for you because you put all this good into the world um I had a counseling professor tell me something once, and the way she said it, I didn't get how profound it was until I was thinking about it later that night. You can help people and charge them money. And we have this idea that if you are in the helping profession, that especially mental health profession, especially helping those on the margins, those with special needs, that you should basically do it for free or you shouldn't charge any money. 
Do you have that sense? Because I get that, that you are trying to do these things for free because you want to help people out, the least of these. And what's happening is you're sacrificing yourself and your ability to run a business and you're going to end up crashing everybody at that time. Do you feel that, Susan, or am I off? Part of it, yes. The other part of it is that um, here in the communities that I live in, because I don't actually live in San Antonio, the south of it, mm-hmm. we have no no resources for these intellectually disabled adults. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to model it um, after some very successful um, companies that have started where basically they give these guys a job. Mm-hmm. We come in and uh, say the job is making paper, just to make it simple, that everybody has a hand in making this paper and then we sell it and they get a paycheck and we get some profits off of making the paper. That's right. And that's, you know, I'm starting grassroots mm-hmm. because we don't have anything like it in our community or even within a 50 mile radius of where we are. So, so Susan, this is- let me ask you a quick question on that because I, I think right now, uh, I, my advice to you is to turn some rejection into redirection. So instead of doing it yourself right now, and I know you say there's no resources, so let me pull back a little bit. So in your community, you're saying there's not even some local, county, municipal, state government services, and it may not be doing what you want to do, but they are at least serving those adults. Would that be, that would be true. There's somebody that's serving these adults, but maybe not the way you want to. Is that true or false? Uh, It's more on the false side because they have um, very, they only accept a handful of clients and only the very severe clients. Right, so you, you want to help the gap, right, the, those in the middle that don't qualify for exceptional services but that can't just walk up and go get a job on their own. Correct. They, okay. they, they basically are latchkey adults that have no supervision but they don't have the mental capacity to take care of themselves okay. without okay. some supervision. Here, here's where I'm trying to so, – so but there, you need to go to the pockets in your community that – are aware of these adults and are serving them maybe in a different way than you want to. And here's the, I want to give you a practical encouragement, Susan. Um, I still want you to stay in your full-time day job, but I want you to say, all right, instead of trying to do it all myself, I'm going to go and see if I can connect some needs together. So I want you to think, here's an exercise, a homework exercise for you to think of jobs that are open right now that are having a hard, that that companies are having time filling because it's happening. So it could be everything from fast food restaurants to the home improvement store, whatever. Who needs to hire and they're having a hard time? Who are the leaders over there? And then who are the families over here? And how can I connect the two? I think this was more of an activist role to give this another calibration, another way I, I to do I love this. it. So instead of having to have all the overhead come up with the products, what you are is you become a resource coach. And then learn how to turn it into a business once I actually make it happen. And you promise these people who are going to hire them, I'll walk alongside these these clients. I'll make sure they're doing good work and they're taking care of business. And now now you're helping these folks, right? In a way that's not going to cost you everything. Thanks for your heart, man. We need more people like you out in the community, Susan. We'll be right back on the Ramsey Show.
This is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined here by my good friend Ken Coleman. And we're taking your calls on money, life, work, mental health, whatever's going on. 888-825-5225. Let's go out to Terrence in Cleveland, Ohio. What's up, Terrence? How you doing? Good. How are you, man? Uh, I've done better. Hanging in there. Oh, man. What's up? So I'm currently faced with the idea of filing bankruptcy. Um, I currently have about 70000 in debt. I make about 20000 a year. I've been working for about a year now. I was in a nursing home for a year before that. And um, as of now, I just had a recent uh, bad incident. My car was stolen back in August. And um, with the repairs, I've defaulted on my uh, car note. I actually got two months deferred already. And now I have to pay a large deductible to get it from the mechanic. And I'm still, you know, faced with the uh, with the car payments, which is more than half of my monthly income right now. And I've been considering filing Chapter Seven to <clears throat> remove a lot of my debts and try to start over because it's to the point where I'm not able to save anything at the end of the month. Yeah, Terrence, can I ask you what are you doing for a job right now? I'm a custodian. Okay. And did you did I hear you right? You're making about twenty thousand. Yeah. Okay. And then you said you were, did I hear you say you were in a nursing home? I was, yes. Okay. Do you have any physical limitations right now that would uh, keep you from doing any other type of work than being a custodian? Um, well, I have heart disease, um, minor neurological deficiencies. Like my endurance is very low. Okay. So I, I have to expend my energy twice as much to do normal functions. Is the custodial job, <clears throat> I, I don't want to assume, but is it a physical job, obviously on your feet a lot and doing a lot of physical labor? I mean, yeah, but I work at my own pace. I got employed through this organization called Vocational Guidance, and okay. it's pretty much geared towards disabled persons like myself. Okay. Uh, another couple quick questions here. Um, how much how much do you owe to get that car from the mechanic? What would be the fee you got to pay to get it back? $1,000. $1,000. And what would you say the car is worth versus what you owe on it? It's worth about 20 and I owe 35 I'm sorry, you broke up. You owe what? I owe 35000 $35, and the uh, car is only worth about 20000 Okay. All right. Uh... The, the reason I went that direction, John, and, and Terrence, the reason I'm asking you about what you're doing and what your physical limitations are um, is, is because I, even though you have limitations, and I know you went through an organization that's trying to help you out, man, I, I'm willing to stake my entire name and reputation on the fact that you should be making, and you can be making way more than 20000 which would help us in this financial situation. To come up with $1,000 to get the car, then we could sell the car, uh, get a smaller loan. It's the only time we recommend loans, uh, maybe from a credit union, and to pay off the rest of the loan and then start fresh. But one of the things we've got to do is get you into a place where you can make more income but not have all the physical exertion because you do have some physical limitations. And and I, I want to try to help you on that. We may not be able to solve it all on this call, but I at least want to put that out to you so that you have a mindset that you don't have to look at chapter seven to get out of this mess. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And I know you feel like that's the only option you have left. How does that hit yeah. you? How do you push back if there's some pushback, something that John and I don't know? It, it, it's been very depressing, you know, yeah. dealing with it all. And I never even considered filing bankruptcy ever in my life. Sure. So, Terrence, uh, filing for bankruptcy, if we look at the data, um, has a lot of external consequences besides money. And you're feeling it right now. Right, it feels like it's going to be this big freedom and this big release, and there is a release to it. But man, what it does to your psyche, what it does to your ability to navigate certain things moving forward, it's just such a burden. It's 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 very similar to divorce. I'll never recommend somebody get divorced. That's a decision someone's got to make on their own, and I don't ever recommend that somebody file for bankruptcy simply because I know the downstream consequences are so heavy. Sometimes it's your only option. Dave's talked about it. He's he did it, um, and he is probably one of the last in lines to say hey, he he went and developed a plan so that nobody ever has to go through mm-hmm. that. Right? Um, I've spent my career up until I I joined Ramsey Solutions working with people um, with learning exceptionalities and with special needs. Did they place? Does this agency place you in a place where they said this is all you can do? Because right now, when I look at the wages, at even at, at minimum wage places, um, are paying double minimum wage in certain places. They're paying a lot more than $20,000 a year yeah. to work fast food right now or to drive Uber. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of a couple of places that you could work and then get another job driving around where you could just listen to music or listen to podcasts or talk on the phone. And if you have those days where you're just worn out, um, you can stay at home. You don't have to work that shift if it's Uber or if it's Uber Eats or if it's one of those, you know, Lyft or anything like that. My question for you is this. Instead of um, just saying all I'm ever going to do is be able to do $20,000 a year, do you have a mentor or a friend or someone who will walk alongside you that's outside of the agency that you trust that you said, hey, we got to figure, I got to make more money and I need your help looking at jobs, applying for jobs, going to interview with jobs, would you be willing to walk alongside me? Is there somebody else that would help you with that or is the agency all you got? Not at the moment. I, they're literally all I have right now. I haven't um, even considered, you know, trying to find other um, like people of that caliber to talk to. Okay. Well, Terrence, I, I, I want to challenge you on something because I, John and I know you can get out of this. I know you can. And we want you to borrow our belief. If you just got John and I today, I'm telling you, Terrence, yes, you have the physical limitations, but John is right. We're talking Walmart and, and Target, late shift, McDonald's something like that. And, yeah. You can make as much as $18, $20, $22 an hour. Not only that... Um, Kroger just announced. I don't know if you had, but I'm giving you ideas to where you go, wait a second, the world is much bigger than this agency just placing me somewhere where they have a relationship because more money changes your life dramatically. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. I mean, I want you just for a second to imagine making $20 an hour. How would that change your life? I wouldn't worry so much. Come on, man. (laughs) You'd be able to get that car out of the mechanic pretty quick. And and John's right. I mean, that what people are paying, listen, and can I tell you this? I want to paint a bigger picture. Walmart, Target, just two big companies. They are also giving tuition 
reimbursement to where not only you work and make more money, you could take the next chapter in your life and get qualified for something and they're going to reimburse you. So you got to know there are more possibilities for you and you can get the car out of the mechanic and you can pay the debt off. You can walk through this and we're going to walk through this with you. Um, let's let's give you Financial Peace University. We're going to gift you a full year of that and I want to give you the book. Uh, Dave's book, he sold six million copies, something like that and counting. Total money makeover. If I give that to you, will you promise to read it? Yes, I do. Do you believe, Terrence, that you can come out of this? I mean, Let me take one step step below what Ken's saying. You've been told you're less than, haven't you? I have ever since I got sick and suffered a traumatic brain injury and all of that stuff. That's right. Um, You've been told told you're broken. Mm -hmm. You've been told you're less than. You've been told you go over there. And Ken and I are both calling bullcrap on that. We believe in you more than you do. And I want you to believe in yourself as much as Ken and I do. Stay on the line. We're going to get you these tools in hand. And man, trust us. There is light on the other side of this thing. We're so proud of you, brother. Somebody needs you to show up and be the best version of Terrence that the world has ever seen. That's where we want you to get to. This is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225, and it's an exciting day. Our Building Wealth live event has been such a hit this fall and selling out all across the country that today we're announcing new spring tour dates. That's right. You can join Dave Ramsey, Rachel Cruz, George Camel, Dr. John Deloney, and Ken Coleman uh, in Indianapolis on February 16th, Austin on February 23rd, and Anaheim, California on May 2nd. Despite what you hear or see on the news and internet, building wealth is still possible. We'll walk you through a simple but proven plan so you can build lasting wealth and reach your financial goals. Don't wait to reserve your spot. We only have 200 VIP tickets available for these events that include a meet and greet with Dave and the rest of the gang. Recap of tour dates. Indianapolis, February 16th. Austin, February 23rd. Anaheim, May 2nd. Building Wealth Live tickets start at 39 bucks, and they're going to sell out fast. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash events to reserve your seat today. All right, let's go to Sonia in Austin, Texas. What's up, Sonia? Hi there. Hi there. What's up? Um, okay, so I... So I'm in, I'm in the process of doing the seven baby steps, and I've completed baby step number three, but I'm kind of stuck. Um, I'm not sure if I should be investing. Oh, it is the next step, but I'm not sure um, if I should be investing or if I should. I'm current. We're currently uh, saving up for a house, so I don't know if I should put all our money into like saving for a house or start the baby step number four while saving up for the house. So we actually, um, after <laughs> years of listening to folks walking this plan, we actually created mm-hmm. step three B or three point five. Mm-hmm. And it is 
somebody in your situation who wants to do a sprint to save up for the down payment of their home. They're going to pause everything mm-hmm. and take 18 months, uh, 24 months, and knock out a down payment. We're going to put everything towards it. We're going to crush it and go get it. And then once we get that down payment, we're going to settle into steps four, five, and six. Got it. Okay. And then um, also, where, like, what is the, what's the best place to finance a mortgage loan? Would it be like through my bank that I've been with them for like over 10 years or like a credit union? My most recent transaction was with Churchill Mortgage. Um, that's who we have recommended for years and years and years. And um, I'll tell you this, my experience with Churchill was, here was my first conversation uh, with my mortgage broker. He said, I refuse to let you do a deal that's going to not be in your best financial interest. He was. He said, I'm not going to take your money if it's not going to help you and your family out. That's how they started the conversation with me. Um, so I've got high trust in them. Um, that's where I would start at Churchill Mortgage. Okay, sounds good. And then it, the 20% is also what y'all are recommending? Between 10 and 20%. Yeah. Between 10 and 20%. Yeah. I know in some markets like Austin has just lost its mind the last few years. Um, 10% would be the bare minimum. 20% gets you in without having to pay PMI, which is just a pain watching your money go to somebody else's to secure somebody else's loan, right? Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, Sonia, I wanted to get some real-time uh, data from you, if you don't mind. What, what are housing prices doing right now in Austin? Oh, they're through the roof. <laughs> oh, still going up, not coming yeah. down at all. Yeah. No, wow. not at all. Wow. How far along are you to the down payment that you want? Uh, we currently have 18000 saved, and we're trying to look into saving fifty to sixty k um, for that. T- we're trying to do a 20% down payment. Great. So if you if you just yeah. hit the gas, y'all put everything towards it, you worked extra jobs, how quickly could y'all knock that out? Um, so I'm a travel nurse, so my, my pay oh, so three is very... <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, we were thinking about a year okay. uh, before we can hit that 60000 mark, hopefully. Do you, do you have little ones in the house? I do have a one-and-a-half-year-old. Okay. So, yeah, y'all figure out how we're going to make this work for a year, and as a travel nurse, you could go make some bank and just save it all and really get into mm-hmm. a place yeah. there uh, and get yourself set up nicely down the road. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Yeah. Way to go, Sonia. That's impressive. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Oh, you got it. You got it. Um, Ken, when you guys were, how'd y'all, how did you guys as your family manage 3B? Well, 3B for us was a little bit different than the traditional. All right. Because we were, we had already been debt free in our home in Atlanta. Uh, okay, gotcha. So then when we sold and moved up just here, a matter of moving it over. It was a function of taking that equity. Gotcha. We still rented for two years and yep. I tell people this all the time. It was less about the money at that time. It was more about what's the right location. Where are we gonna be? And when you got three little ones we had, let's see, Ty would have been third grade, Chase first grade, and Josie was a kindergartner, so it was like, oh, let's rent mm-hmm. uh, for at least a year and figure out where in middle Tennessee do we want to land and it ended up turning into two years for savings. So it was a kind of a, a hybrid Both 3B. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we found the right place and, and, awesome. and we're able to move into that. So um, it, it's hard for folks to wait. Um, but I got to tell you, for us, uh, waiting two years and renting, I don't look at that as throwing money away. It no, was a huge too. decision for us uh, financially as well as just 
um, I don't even know what to say, uh, geographically. It, it just right. allowed us to, to lock into the right place because we knew we were going to be here a long time. That's awesome. All right, let's go to Nelson in Atlanta. Let's see here. Hey, what's up, Nelson? Hi, good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, yeah, we can hear you. What's up, man? Okay, here's my situation. I got an opportunity to refi. Uh, I don't know if you want me to mention the company or not. It's a cash out refi. They say they would uh, pay off all my uh, credit card debt, which is around forty five, fifty thousand. They would pay off my truck. They would pay off my second mortgage, and all that I was in mortgage. The interest rate would go up to six point seven five from four. Uh, the uh, let's say the payment. Nelson, like Nelson, doubles. Nelson. Yes, sir. It's a horrible Run. Yes, sir. idea. Terrible, terrible idea. Someone is using the skin off of your butt to put money in their wallet. Don't okay. do it. Okay, it's cash out refi. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to make a, a a list of your debts from smallest to largest, and you're going <laughs> to probably have to go for a walk around the neighborhood and weep a little bit, and then you're going to get after it. Yeah. There's not a shortcut okay. or a hack through it, man. Well, well, Please don't know, do this. I, I've, I've talked to several people, and they more or less say what you say. I'm, I'm getting an increase in salary. Well, not salary, but my income will increase about 20000 Good. So over 100000 a year. Everything. I'm a retired veteran. So my job and my Social Security and everything, it'll help me out. Good. And I, well, let me ask you this. I am using a company. Uh, hey, Nelson, uh, talk into the phone, please. I am using a company that's helping me. That gives me legal protection. Do I have to worry about legal protection with these uh, credit card companies? Just pay your bills, man. Yeah, no, you don't. No, pay your bills. Okay. okay. Well, I really appreciate it. You got. Hey, if, if you on, if you join up, hold on. Yeah, don't hang up yet. If you join one of these refi companies, what they tell you is don't pay your bills anymore. Don't pay yeah. your bills. We'll take care of it from here. You just send us a big chunk of money, and we'll take care of all this stuff. Um, yeah. I did that once. What a nightmare. I screwed yeah. up everything. Don't do it. Yeah. It's almost like a rank, It's almost like a bankruptcy. Don't well, do it, Nelson, don't do it. Don't it's do actually it. all marketing language. You know, I've heard Dave describe it this way. It's like moving your pile of debt from one part of the yard to the other part of the yard. Right. It's still right. debt. I want to just get real practical here for a second on two things. Number one, you don't need legal protection from the credit card company. What you need to do is is get, as John said, very serious and say, I'm going to tackle this thing, and the baby steps will help you do it. And so you take the smallest debt of all of the debts. I, I wrote down you hit 45 to 50K in credit card debt. You have a truck and a second mortgage. What's the what's the debt on the truck? Uh, I think it's like thirty something, maybe. What What's the truck I worth? Paid off for second vehicle. Oh, looks like two thousand eighteen Ford F one fifty. So it's got about seventy thousand miles on it. I didn't ask you that. I'm just saying, how much is it worth? A uh, worth? I mean, selling it, I don't know. I I'm looking for F one fifties right now. It's about forty five thousand bucks. All right. So if John's right, and he usually is, I'm selling that truck. And I'm going to go get myself an older truck. You can get a fine truck for 15000 Boom. We just knocked out $30,000 in debt. Then you call the credit card companies up and you go, hey, here's the deal. I am going to pay you back. You don't worry about any harassing phone calls. You start paying it off. Get really serious about knocking those credit cards out and you'll get there. Don't look for hacks when it comes to nutrition, working out, your money, don't your relationship. Don't look for hacks. Go right through the middle of it. You can do this.
Hey, it's John Deloney, co-host of The Ramsey Show. Did you know over 18 million people listen to The Ramsey Show every week? A lot of those people listen on one of our 600-plus radio stations across the country. To find a station near you, go to RamseySolutions.com slash show. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from The Ramsey Network, like Ramsey Everyday Millionaires. Ordinary people built extraordinary wealth, and you can too. On Everyday Millionaires, you'll learn how millionaires live on less than they make, avoid debt, invest, and are disciplined and responsible. Listen to Everyday Millionaires wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.